The Raw Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast. I'm Brett McKay. The Leinster Trophy Cabinet will remain empty this season. The Brumbies have made their home semi-final aspirations a whole lot harder. And your place for the biggest and best rugby discussion is the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. Still can't really believe that we spoke to the wonderful John Eels late last week. Um, easily the most humble Rugby World Cup winning captain we've had on the pod to date. Uh, and it's already straight into our top 10 most listened to episodes ever. Thanks so much for taking a listen from wherever in the rugby world you found our chat with one of the true legends of Australian rugby last week. Joining me this and every week, the man who of the two of us will incredibly not see the most number of games live during the upcoming rugby championship, Harry Jones. <laughs> Hello, mate. How are How's you? It? How's it, Britt? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be in Pretoria, but I'm not going to be there for the, the Aussie wing. No, um, just, no. Just watch, but I just watch will the Wallabies. Yeah, I, I will be. I've got hold of the, the accountants and the travel advisors, and they're going <laughs> to let me out. I won't know so, it myself. So I've been, uh, it's Waratah week, as you know, and um, I've been maxing out on Waratah knowledge. And I understand that the Waratah itself is a shrub from the genus uh, Tilopia speciosissima. And it's the emblem of New South Wales. It's a kind of a protea right. from my standpoint, South, Southern Hemisphere flower. And the ab- Aboriginal word for it is beautiful, but only when seen from afar for our Queenslanders that listeners. Uh, it's a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of very small flowers packed densely into a compact space. So, mm. you know, for the it's, on the Waratah rugby team, you have like Will, Will, Nard, Harry, Jed, Dave, Mike, Langy, Charlie, Jake, Joey, Ben, Dylan, Izzy, Marky, Max, Ned, packed mm. into that one big flower. That's what yeah. I've got for you. That's it. That's all your Waratah facts for the oh, day. Oh, actually, no, it's true. I, I went back in, in the, the music vaults in excess and I tried to make uh, a new in excess lyrics with waterfall players so yeah just try this out. i'm not, not going to think don't worry so here's a will baby will nod that the dave is over i've got a new jorgen sin you like it no okay how about this one the dylan inside the dylan inside everyone is single, single one of us the dylan inside yeah no? how about you hit me up with a hero <laughs> <laughs> the hero is big hero. will skelton a waterfall yeah. Yep. Who uh, was able to to uh, when uh, when James Ryan was knocked out for Leinster, Big Will straddled him, shielded him, took all the sunlight away, Did. and while he was prone, told Yako Piper to stop play. Big yes. Will Skelter with his size twenty boots, made specially, hundred and fifty kilograms of tender loving care. Yeah, and, for, and fourteen fourteen carries, three offloads, eighty minutes. Yeah, yeah, uh, feel feels like a rugby World Cup audition and. Uh, and a third Champions Cup now. He's he's the smash third, and grab. He, he's the whole smash and grab. He's the smash and the grab and the handbag. He's the, he's the smash and the grab. Uh, zero for you this week. Resting policies. I know. Oh, like yeah. Yeah. Brumbies have copped a lot of flack for leaving nine Wallabies in Canberra last week while I went to Perth. And it's not their fault they have to do it. Um, I suppose it's their decision to do it when they did. And oh man, now hasn't that made life difficult for them? Now, I, 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 I understand why you do it, and I, and I get the reasoning behind it. But in a fifteen-week competition, like fourteen games and a bye mid mid round, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe well, we can on ask your, on your resting policy. Think about Leinster, who rested most of the team for the Irk 
semifinals yes. in Munster, and then now to their chagrin, they're playing for nothing, nothing. anymore. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's a fair point. Maybe we can put that to this week's guest who made his return to Super Rugby this weekend, just gone after a few weeks out, but who has consistently been one of his team's best in 2023. The Raw Rugby Podcast. We're still connected to the Pod Sydney Studios and from where it is wonderful to speak with current Waratahs and Wallabies lock and blindside flanker, but also the former Carita Water Gush and New South Wales Country Eagle, Ned Hannigan. Hello, mate. Good to see you again. Good to see you too, Red. Uh, thanks for having me on, lads. No, no worries at all. Carita Water Gush, one of the great names in pro rugby. That's it. I think it actually might be a bit longer now. They've, they've whacked a the suburb in front of it, Akishima. Yeah, Akishima, create a water gush. What's a, mas- what's a mascot like when you have a water gush? That, that could be dicey. It's a whale. It's a whale with a bit of a ferocious squirt coming out there. <laughs> <laughs> the only squirter in pro rugby. That's it. That's <laughs> well, not probably quick. I don't, I don't think we've ever come across the episode title inside five minutes, but I'm writing down ferocious squirts right now. <laughs> oh, that's so good. How they've, they just missed out on the promotion to, to Division 2 just last weekend. Have you sort of kept track of them since you came back to Australia? Yeah, I've got a few mates um, that still play for them. And, um, yeah, I spent two seasons with them, so um, still have a bit of an interest in how they're going. Um, yeah. And, and uh, Wycliffe Parley still – he was the fourth coach, coach when I was yeah. there and he's still head coach. So, um, yeah, no, I keep a bit of a track of it for sure. Yeah, good to uh, good to see. Keep keeping the Waratah theme going, Harry. What is the – Talk to us about the glamorous lifestyle of Division Three rugby in Japan, mate. Um, there's a fair bit less training involved. Um, <laughs> you've sort of got, to, got to keep your um, yeah, standards um, a little bit there. But, no, nah, look, I loved my experience over there. I um, was ready for a bit of a change and, and really got um, what I needed out of it, I think. Um, it's, a, it's a different rugby culture over there. You know, you... Mm. Um, can be playing for you know a home like a, a, an away game and they still cheer for you. They just they just love that. Yeah, you know, right. they they're just such uh, awesome people. And yeah. the World Cup over there, I think you know people just hopped on the train and they're still on it. Um, yeah, and it's it's just it's awesome to see. They're real passionate people, and um, yeah, they they give you presents after the game as well. They you know. <laughs> Try over fortune cookies, or I got a uh, a mug that had my my. I've got two dogs, or I had a picture of a dog on my Instagram. And it was like printed on the mug and a few things like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's different things, but it's it's all part of the experience. That's that's both thoughtful and scary at the same time, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, what, I, what about uh, your What about your line out calls? Did you, Did you make your line out calls in Japanese or English? Nah, they're well. Um, pretty heavily dependent on defaults where you just go in and you don't call anything. <laughs> it's just if it's open and there's no call, you throw it to a certain spot. But oh, I, I did a little bit of the language or tried to. I have, I, I should try and pick it up more. But uh, I, for the first part over there, I, I found it a bit hard, you know, if we were walking into a restaurant and I was wanting to, you know, order chicken thigh and I was getting – you know, pig brain, like I wasn't, that was not, a, that was, 
would need to make sure I was heading in the right direction in terms of the tucker. So uh, I got busy, yeah, trying to learn it and trying to converse and things. And I think, um, yeah, it definitely made things a bit easier. I bet it did. It's a long way from Canamble, mate. It is. It looks a bit different over there too. I can imagine. I can imagine it does. I can imagine it does. We we start the same sort of spot every week, mate, and that's simply to ask what stood out for you on the weekend. And I can imagine it's actually getting back on the field again. Yeah, I suppose. Um, I probably wouldn't say that was the thing that stood out. I was a bit underdone. <laughs> I was uh, three involvements. So I remember getting up out of a ruck thinking, just look animated. And I was sucking it big, <laughs> hands on the hip, pulling them back. I, anyway, but uh, what stood out for me? I think I thought Maxi Jorgensen every time he touched the ball in the week, yeah. I thought he was pretty impressive. Um, thought the force put a good performance in against the Brums. Um, yeah, no, there was a fair bit of good footy sort of been played. But I think Jorgo's probably got the one for me. He just seems to be popping up in the right um, situations, and and he's yeah. he's sort of. Just making the right decisions, you know, whether to carry out of his end or kick or play a little bit of ball. And no, he's going well, the young fella. He looks like he's been playing Super Rugby for three or four seasons already. He doesn't look like an 18 year old in his first year. And that's about the best compliment you can give him, Harry. No, exactly. Uh, well, what stood out for me was probably, you know, to, to, to find the was, the pause in every story of uh, Leinster. Uh, Leinster is a land of troubles and sadness today. Um, they got cute in the Eric semi-final. Johnny Sexton is missed. Maybe another another narrative is that Ronan Ogara is the new Razor Ogara. Um, mm. A narrative is also that knockout rugby is uh, more attritional. And so you could have a pretty bicycle, a beautiful bicycle, but if someone smashes your spokes and knocks you off the bike, you're going to lose. Um, more Tars win more. More Sappers as well. And... Um, <laughs> My tweet went viral, which was uh, basically all about uh, one scrum and Jaco Piper's mysterious ability to retreat from a scrum, making it more and more difficult to know what's really going on on the scrum. By the end, he was making the call. He was about 20 meters away. <laughs> also, also, there was an incident in the in the tunnel, apparently. Uh, yes. And what I think makes you know that Ronan O'Gara is a very smart guy is the standoff was between Johnny Sexton, who had Sean O'Brien as his muscle, and Ronan O'Gara brought Will Skelton. I'm yeah. Like, Come on. That's the smarter one. <laughs> it's like it's like taking a gun to a knife fight, isn't it? <laughs> actually, yeah, I, actually, I think you both said earlier on that Will was only 120 kilos, and I think you've, you've gone short on him there a bit. Un- I reckon undecided, yeah. Forty. I, yeah. I, yeah. I think you might be right. I think right after a meal, he's 150, and then yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big fluctuations. That's right. Big, yeah, yeah, yeah. After the buffet. Well, look, what's there for me is. Um, the the best fifteen of the Japanese domestic league was named um, just on just today, just Monday, um, and for the first time ever, uh, it has it's contained not one current or like sorry, what not one former or on sabbatical All Black, and it was laced with Australians and South Africans. Dare I say it? Malcolm Marks mm. is in it. Walt Warner Derns is in it. Uh, Harry Hawkins, Quaker Smith, Peter Steph Detroit. Faf de Klerk, uh, Bernard, Bernard Foley, Dylan Riley's mm. playing for Japan now, um, but not a New Zealander in sight, which is something, but I suspect that might be a bit different next year when half the current All Blacks go to Japan after the World Cup, as seems to be the case. 
I love how you guys, you Aussies, are always picking a, on a win over New Zealand, even if it's just getting more players in the Japan top 15. <laughs> Take what we can, mate. It's been slim pickings around here for the last 20 years. So, you know, we just have to choose things well. We just have to choose things easily. Ned, how's, how's your season been this year? It's been, I would, I would say for the Waratahs, it has been the epitome of an up-and-down year. You started off so well. At a flat spot mid-season, but it sort of feels like you've you've hit form again with four four wins on the trot now. Yeah, I think um, yeah. Early on, we put a fair bit of emphasis on winning game one uh, to the Brumbies at Allianz, and it was the first time we were you know back in Allianz Stadium, and it had all this hype around it, and they turned out you know the fans, and we fell short, and I think the just sort of took the sting out of us a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we went down and, and beat Drua um, down at Magic Ground and then returned there against Melbourne. Uh, and, and Melbourne had played a really good game against the Hurricanes against uh, in Magic Ground. I don't know if you folks remember, but they they, yeah. they lost but deed up. Not by much, yeah. Not by much. And the, it was really interesting listening to the uh, interviews after the game. I remember, uh, I think, Richard Hardwick and Brad Wilkin, they they both said they were like, you know, we were happy with that performance, but it's still a loss. So they were still hungry to to yeah. win. And, um, yeah, I think they took a fair bit of confidence out of that and they rolled us down there. Uh, and then we we come up against some quality sides who, have, who showed how quality they are throughout the season, the Hurricanes, the Chiefs, the Brumbies again. Um, so you're right, throughout the middle it was a little bit dire, but, um, yeah, after the buy, we sort of uh, recalibrated, I guess, and have and have gone on with a mm. with a bit of a bit of a roll on, and it's probably a, well, it definitely is a good time to, to have a few wins and uh, build a bit of momentum. <laughs> I think um, you know this week we're heading over to Christchurch, and you know top four side in the Saders that are playing some pretty good footy, and um, yeah, it's time to 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 sort of grab the bull by the horns and accept the challenge, I reckon. On behalf of all Brumbies fans, uh, Ned, let me just say that they're hoping that you do, mate. Yeah, that's good. But, yeah, I really think it's 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 just a good time for us to, you know, we've, we've sort of probably been kicked a little bit for, you know, four or five rounds and then bounced back and have built a bit of consistency. And it's obviously mm. not perfect, but I think, Particularly on the weekend um, against Fiji, it was, I think it ended up being back for about 20 to 18 with sort of 10 minutes to go or 12 minutes to go. And, and Marky comes off the line, gets a charge down. Now, that's a, it was a real momentum swinger, I think, because we actually defended yeah. a four-man four man line out before that, got the steal, and um, Fiji poured through and picked it up and scored. Now, that was a moment in the game, I think. Um, yeah, it could have gone either way, and I just feel like growth yeah. in the Tars and and that winning sort of feeling, you're, you're hunting it more, and, um, yeah, it ended up being a, a sort of good result in the finish with a yeah. bonus point. So, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. My, on my notes, Ned, I had the fact that at 57 minutes, you come on, and after that point, the Tars scored 19 points to win going away. I don't know if there's a correlation or a causation. <laughs> that's, that's what I saw. Just I tell you absolutely. What, you weren't watching the game. I was nowhere. You did carry you did carry you did carry a few times there, right? You, you got in, you got involved, but but I did see that you guys made 255 tackles, which is a hard way to make a living, right? I mean, you yeah. cannot do that week in week out. 
It was 170 by half time. It was it was crazy numbers. Yeah, no, it's a it's and particularly against against those fellas. People don't maybe the the jerseys. I don't know, but they just don't look. They're, they're actually massive. Like on TV, they don't yeah. look that big, but they're all just huge. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, I feel like I feel like, I feel like it's their knees. I mean, I've actually studied this. Their, knee, their knees are bigger than any other team. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you say tackle low, you're like, no, I don't want to tackle low. Those knees yeah. are the size nah, of yeah. yeah, yeah, and and you know they're, they're a quality side. They they haven't had um, as you know the best results away, but I, I can definitely um, you know understand why when they're at home and and they've just had you know um, family and people around them and playing a bit of good footy, they're knocking off good sides when they're back there. Um, so. Yeah, they're they're a quality outfit, and I just reckon that around that sort of twelve to go, ten to go, could have gone either way, and um, yeah, yeah, it was just a good way to finish it. Hey, but yeah. Ned, if you ever feel like you're up against, you know, uh, like like a beast, just remember there's an actual dragon, the Dracoraptor Hanigani. There's an actor, the actual dragon named for the Hannigans, and it's because these two <laughs> brothers in Wales three years ago found the actual ruins, the skeleton of a creature dating over two hundred million years ago. That was the actual Welsh dragon. And I contacted the guy, Rob Hannigan, and he discovered the So there's actually a Hanagani dragon. I like that. Right. Uh, Think, things you when they're running at me, I'm just going to breathe fire on him, you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the keywords I'm, the keywords I'm taking out of it's that are ac- uh, actual Welsh dragon. There you go. No, there were, there were <laughs> Welsh dragons. You don't believe, Brett? They, they were. Okay. <laughs> Look, if it's if it's not on Instagram, I'm having trouble believing it, mate. Speaking Look, of Instagram, uh, I've done an analysis of your Instagram, Ned, and you have some quality stuff. You've got about 100 posts on your Instagram, which is beautiful for statistics. So 5% of your Instagram posts feature vehicles. 2% feature budgie smugglers. There's one nude. It's not you. Uh, 10% are in the USA. Nude. Yeah, <laughs> what? One of your friends is by a pool using just some prop. As the only way to be not nude. Yeah. Right? Nude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I actually did that. I was in Bali. Yep. Yeah. You've got one rabbit, 14 dogs, 10 beers, and then you've got a post with a dog and a beer and a ball. And your profile says agricultural service, which is awesome. You sell bulls, you have Texas stud size, and there's some kind of black market for Pasadena Angus. Do I have it? Do I have it nailed? Okay. I've done very well. Yeah, I couldn't have summed it up better myself. Yep. So, so, so tell us about Kunambul, population 2,750 on the map near Warrumbungal and Kunabambran and Kunabaran. Come by chance. A town called Kumbi. Yeah, come come by chance is is, uh, the closest dwelling. Yep. Uh, Yep. One street, one servo. Uh, one side of the street doesn't talk to the other. Uh, <laughs> Why? One side of the street is a cemetery, and the other side is just a few houses. So, Why does one side of the street not talk to the other? That's Town politics one side's a cemetery. Uh, oh, I see. There you go. That's awesome. There you go. Kunambal, the name, comes from uh, the Gamalari word guna, which is feces, and build having much, a lot of feces. That's, That's, still, That's still the case. No, no, not at all. Um, well, I mean, it might still mean that, but uh, I, love, I love I love going home as much as I can. I, I, um, 
I don't get to go there very often uh, just because it is, you know, it's a fair way. And uh, the closest airport sort of narrow by Dubbo. It's hour and a half, two hour drive to get home. So I kind of, a bike, you know, weekend or a long weekend probably doesn't quite do it because you've got to travel either side. So you kind of need four days yeah. to get there. And But, uh, yeah, actually. You're talking, bought, you're talking, what, six or seven hours from Sydney? Yeah, about, about yeah. seven. Um, yeah. But, you, of course, you pull up for a cup of tea and sort of Lura and then another one in Lithgow, Mudgy, Dunny do. So you end up making a good day of it. <laughs> you uh, <laughs> you like offering a few sausage rolls with a bit of barbecue. Yes. You know, it's just a t- tour of country bakeries, isn't it? That's it, yeah. No, you yeah. You've, not, but you, you've now become the most famous guy from the town. I mean, I looked it up, and there's only one guy possibly as famous, some fucker named Adriano Zumbo, who's a patisserie chef known as Lord Bold. Is Adriano Zumbo from Cook from Canaveral? That's what it says. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah, had a lot of uh, – we owned the IGAs and a few things, and it was actually called Zumbo's IGA. It's now yeah, right. changed a little bit, but, um, yeah, no. So, Harry, genuinely, Adrian Zumbo is one of the very best pastry chefs in the world, not just Australia, like genuinely Australia's in the world. Willy Wonka, they say. Much better. <laughs> Much better. So there you go. We have yeah. never talked about MasterChef on this podcast, but now we have. So yep. Home's family, the Zumbo's. But uh, there you go. Uh, there's a few rugby league players um, yeah. and and people. Um, ben McCowman, he's from Warren, but sort of in yeah, between Warren and a place called Galagenbone, so not too far away. Um, yeah. Uh, but to be so serious, is... your fa- so your family is involved in like livestock, beef, yeah, cows. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, it's all um, sort of yeah, pr- pretty much for a hundred percent the production of. Um, yeah, Angus, Angus beef. Um, yeah. the old man and his, his brothers sort of, um, yeah, grew up in the area and they, they've done and still do a bit of farming. Um, but, mm. um, the old man reckons not, he's had enough of sitting on tractors and, um, <laughs> that sort of business. He reckons he's waiting for his son to come home, isn't he? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> he, uh, I know. Um, and it would, geez, I, you know, I hear sometimes people talk about stress. I think, you know, a bit of perspective. If you've got, you know, a wheat crop sitting there and a header breaks down yeah, and the yeah. rains are coming and it, we're talking like serious amount of coin, um, and then you just see it just blow over. That, yeah. That's pretty stressful. It's so, heartbreak. Yeah. So as, a, is, as a boy, as a boy, were you wrestling cows, uh, bull, you know, bull riding and all that? Did it? What bull riding? Old man thought, nah, you, you, <laughs> two string bean, and I just come off a bull and just break stuff. So uh, <laughs> no, we used to, we used to, we used to get out and tackle calves and stuff a bit if they got through a fence, um, and their mother was on the other side. They, you know. A bit sort of scared, so you'd have to go and catch them and put give them back, you know, get yeah. put them back in the right paddock. And that was always a bit of fun. That quite often you get kicked in the chin and take a bit of bark off your knees and stuff. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, it was good fun. It was good fun. Oh, good, good preparation times. for attacking journalists and having you know online chats with people. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> That's right. Oh, <laughs> we'll get we'll get onto that. Don't worry about that. You, you mentioned 
you mentioned the Crusaders and Moana Pacifica to, to come. You, you're locked in a final spot on the weekend with the win over the Drua. All, I can imagine behind closed doors you would have been having sort of conversations about permutations. Publicly you're saying, we're not worrying about the finals, we're just worrying about this week. Now that you have actually locked in finals, how much thinking, how much planning actually goes into your next your next couple of games? Well, plenty. Like I said, it's, it's um, you know, if you look at the table and the teams that we, we we played earlier in the year in comparison to the teams that we've played just recently, we've we've built a good amount of consistency and we've we're heading in the right direction. But yeah, um, you know, the Crusaders are, are a genuine top four side, um, and we haven't we haven't played a top four side for a while. So I think you know this week's super important because we get to mm. go over there, like I said, and and um, yeah, it's it's going to be challenging, and there's you know going to be momentum swings and things like that. But if we keep consistent with what we've have sort of built the last few weeks, uh, no, we're, we're we're pretty confident. So you're good to go. Yeah. yeah. Something something early in the season that I heard Darren Coleman say, which was like a season ago, his story for the team was with the underdogs were coming back from <clears throat> the depths. And then he said it was going to be difficult this year because now what's the story? We've got the best stadium, everything's yeah. great. Yeah, we did a good record. So was it tough to sort of, I don't know, the second season syndrome for Darren? And I know you've been around him before. Um, mm. But it seems like it seems like whatever it is, it's working again. And and you're probably going to be a tough out in the in the, in the finals. Yeah. Um, look, I don't – individually, I think um, that's uh, – I don't really worry about it too much because it's all about, you know, week to week and, and you're doing stuff at training and training it um, to, you know, see yourself do it in a game and, and have that satisfaction of, of applying your trade. Um, so, I, I look, I, I honestly think, um, you know, there were parts of the game or parts of the, of the games earlier on where we uh, would just go away momentarily um, yep. from you know the cause or the or the you know, the the tactical um, and and because of the quality of the side they'd sting you um, yeah. and I think we've gotten better better at um, sticking to the plan and executing yep. it and that's yeah so I, I don't know you look I think um, it'd be hard for me to you know I I'd, I'd, I'd sort of would look back on a season and um, and maybe adjust things or feel certain ways. But when I'm in amongst it and it's all happening week to week and, um, you know, I'm just trying to get on the footy field and, and play the best footy I can for the team and make sure the team week to week feels good. So we just get like, you're sort of just on the conveyor belt and just looking to get better. Um, yeah. So I, I, I don't know whether it's second year syndrome or um just got a got it wrong early on I, no i don't know I, I don't think so it's just the way that sort of uh it crumbled down to it and we were on the wrong end of the scoreboard a few times and albeit not much you know that second game against the brums um went awfully close and probably should have yeah won the chiefs came to Allianz and i think we we deed up extremely well um Fell short seven or ten points or whatever it was. Like they've been close games, so yeah, yeah. Um, it, we've always kind of believed that we were we were right there, and 
Um, you know, we weren't getting blown off the park by anyone. I just think after the bye, we, we came back and, um, yeah, just ended up executing. It, it felt mid-season like the the one – it felt like the, the, the pack was still going going pretty well, the breakdown was still working all right, but it felt like you'd lost all your midfield shape. But that actually feels like it's returning in the last few weeks, and then that's coincided with a couple of wins, and so it sort of becomes a bit – self-fulfilling that the momentum's feeling the confidence and the confidence is feeling the attack and and all of a sudden you actually look you know pretty sharp in attack against the, the drew on sunday night mate with winning fixes everything <laughs> yeah, yeah um, true but, but yeah I, look i don't know i'm a forward i'm just really listening to fellas direct me around a fair bit of the time <laughs> um but oh, like there were a few sort of minor um changes in shape in comparison to last year and few little you know new things and oh, I, look i just think um week to week we've been we've been better um yeah and that showed you know on saturdays but i feel like monday to friday our our uh, application and and the real sort of need to get better um it's there and 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 you say you know we've sort of secured a spot into the finals it's like yeah, that that really hasn't hasn't been said um, amongst us. It's all about mm. you know just performing performing better um, in Christchurch this week, and it's <clears throat> even the little things like we're talking about what what studs we're going to put in our boots on a Monday. Like that's that's well, yeah, in. right. We're just getting ready yeah. to just climb in. So I think that's a hell of a good sign. I just I just wish I had known the day that I pretty much sort of had this dream of, of becoming a professional footballer. I was just like, I wish I just saw how important the little things were. You know, they just they just keep amounting. And people so often are like, nah, that, you know, that wouldn't matter. You're like, they do. They because you keep you keep making the little things and may, maybe like isolated they don't. Like that particular thing, that one thing doesn't matter, but all joined up. It, it's what leads to like success. Rugby on the raw. Do you have any superstitions? It's interesting. So I don't, but I have I have routine, particularly around training. So, mm. um, oh, more more so than game day. Oh, and game day. Yeah, but yeah, I'll run it. I'll run it. No, game day is like, yeah. Game days, yeah. I, I sort of just fall into this, um, yeah, this routine or zone where I just, just go through the same stuff in the same sort yeah. of position of the field and that sort of thing. But it's not – I think the superstition, Harry, like would be if that doesn't happen, do I feel like I'm going to play bad? I I, I try to um, think that it is, it isn't going to happen. So be prepared that, you know, we might – the bus might be late – um, we might have such and such amount of time to do a certain thing because the, the TV is like whatever's going on. There's so many changes and being aware of the changes and, and making sure that it's not just a massive, oh, my God, everything's going to fall over. Um, the yeah. one thing I will always do is touch my toes behind my head. I reckon I reckon if I do that, I'm a goer. <laughs> so I reckon I'm all sweet, all sweet if I do that. Um, everything else is just oh, extras. <laughs> that, that makes 
I'm getting I'm getting twinges in my not very good hamstring, Harry. Just thinking about that. Practice <laughs> <laughs> pulled in hamstring, uh, trying to cut off a, a four in cricket. Yeah, I uh, played first yeah. first game of cricket in twelve years earlier this oh, summer, oh. mate, and it didn't end well. Knees up, knees up, boom! Did <laughs> you get you hit the deck or what? No, 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 didn't, no, didn't, fall, remember, didn't fall over. I remember, yeah, I remember well we, uh, 2018, um, we had a semi-final at Ellis Park. It was against the Lions, and we hadn't had a staff gift race, which is um, dress the staff in whatever you want them to wear, and they got to run a handicapped hundred. So at the time, uh, Daryl Gibson. He was head coach, pretty fit, fast, all black inside centre. Yeah, you're running 100, mate. Grazy was there and a few – Nate's grey. And anyway, uh, I'll never forget Cam Blades took off at about the 40. And he was at short odds, Cam, like it was – he was a pretty safe <laughs> He thought if he gets out and gets going, you only got to run 40. Like, and, he, you know, he played for the Tars. And so, so I remember we had him in uh, – I think they were leotards of some sort. So this will, this will everything, you know, tight and anyway, he took off. And I, it was like someone, like point blank, just blew his hamstring and he hit the deck. And as he's gone down, he's run the other one. So both hemis. Oh, this was funny. Like, look, he's won that day. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm never wearing leotards again. <laughs> so, who, uh, so who, speaking of uh, chat, and never laughed so hard and cried before. <laughs> yeah. who, in the world who's who's the good chat? Who's the banter? Who's in the game? Are you is cracking you up in the middle of the match? Um, and maybe some trash talking. I I um I think Mahe is one of the funniest humors I've ever met. So it's all uh, it's all reactionary humor. So it's you know if you say sit down and tell me a joke, no, it's none of that. Like, but but the one liners that come out of him are all time. Like um, him and Tolu actually. Him and Tolu. It's so funny. I, I remember Tolu said this yarn the other day. We were looking at um, we were looking at uh, chicken wings and had chicken wings from one to five on, and the differences of how people eat them. So one being one bite. Two, a few, you know, got down to about four. <laughs> Four's like meat on on both ends, you know, and then five's yeah. no meat on the bone. And Tolu, it looked at it for about three seconds and just goes six, which means he's eating the bone and everything. So there's <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that at us in stitches. so similar. Um, uh, just to go about him. He looks like he's he's up to something a bit mischievous, even though he's not. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, he's, he's he's pretty funny. I'm looking forward to the minute that a, that a more just erupts into laughter or something like that on the field. We'll know what's we'll know what's going on there. It'll be is, is, is that is that the best? I mean, I know I'm sure that injuries are probably the worst, but is that the best part of rugby and playing professional footy? Is the camaraderie, the change room, all that stuff, the guys on the road? Yeah, it's definitely one part of it. I think um, there's different special things along the way. You know. Um, but definitely the the interaction you get to have with your mates, um, yeah, it, it, it is it is. I think it's probably definitely the biggest thing that people miss, you know, when it when it all stops. Uh, I think during, you know, there's a, you know, there's a good thing about representing your family, and um, so many of us hold that close to us and are proud about that. And if you get to pull on, you know, for your state and the what it represents and 
and also how you're representing people. Like we have diehard Waratahs fans, there's diehard Brumbies fans, diehard. Mm. Like you get to you get to perform for those people, which is pretty special, and you get to try and inspire young kids um, to to pull the boots on one day and, and do what you're doing. I think that's pretty special too. But no, definitely to be able to walk into an environment where you've genuinely got such good mates, um, that part that part is definitely, mm. I think, you know, down the track. Um, that although happens every day um, and at the time of the day, you might not feel it so special, I think, in, in retrospect, and then you you look at that and think that that was that was pretty cool. Is that something that you've learnt as you've got older? Like, have you have you always felt that about about rugby? And as you come into professional rugby as a as a young guy, five or six years ago, um, I think initially you've you probably don't realise um, the impact you can you can have, whether it be good or bad. You probably don't. Yeah. You, you just don't um, quite grasp that, um, but no, definitely the 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 feeling of of representing people. I've I've definitely always had. Um, yeah, yeah, that part's has always been quite close to me, and is is you know the reason why I play the game. So that always has stayed with me. Um, but the you know the the kid that on the side. You know, after a game, who stayed around that wants you just to sign his ball, and and you know, you might ask what his name is, and he's like, he's speechless because he can't talk like that. Yeah, kind of that doesn't. Yeah, once you realise what you know, if you spend time with that kid and give him a rub on the head and say thanks for coming along, he's he's in rugby for life. Yeah, um, that's the impact it can have. It's like that's that's uh, it can't be taken for granted and can't be abused. Was there was, someone like that for you? Did you have a guy you looked up to um, early on as well? Like when you were in St. Joseph or was it Joey's? Yeah. Um, I sort of just climbed into to all sports, I think. Um, so I loved rugby, um, but I I was sort of swimming and horse riding, playing tennis. Um, touch footy at recess was was awesome for me. You know, you just get stuck into it. So I think, I think in terms of... Um, you know, rugby players that I that I used to to love and and watch. I I didn't have someone that was just you know like on my door. Um, but the the feeling of of trying your best and doing your best and representing um, you know the people I love that that was always sort of with me. Um, and I think you know there's I've always uh, admired the greats of different sports and things like that. So. Um, yeah, but but just one in particular character in rugby, I, I probably didn't really ever have. But um, yeah, it's kind but, of you. You've, you've got a lot of skill sets. I mean, it looks like you're comfortable in space with a ball. Like you, maybe you were played in the backs. Uh, I know you played lock. Make it to you, make it, Harry. Just make it to yeah. you. I'm glad I look like that. I'm absolutely fair crapping myself. I'm thinking where. No, I'm telling you, you look you look fine out there. You should be there more. Um, Oh no, you're frozen. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but uh, but like, so if sometimes in rugby, if you're a specialist, you know, you're just a tight head prop. You know who you are. It's a little bit easier. And you've actually um, played lock flank, um, and and also I think you know your work rate's high and all that sort of thing. So when you look at the future and you say, I'm going to be a wallaby, I want to be the World Cup, 
do you slot into a, a position in your mind or do you kind of just play wherever the wherever the coach needs you yeah i you, you always are going to have preferences because it's where you think you can do the most for the team um, yeah. because you feel like that's where you play your best footy but that's kind of the beauty of of team sport like you you might feel like you um are better in a position or or doing a certain thing but if if you know the best example i can give you is 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 uh on the weekend we ran a little bit of a uh, 21 pattern and um hoops has run a short ball now you would be like well give hoops the ball in a bit of space and he's got space you know he's got speed to burn and he ran a short ball and about three blokes come in to try and belt him, which gives the opportunity for the bloke out the back. And I think it works across the board. Like, I prefer playing six, but if if DC or whoever's coaching is like, no, we, you're this week at four, uh, I'm going to apply myself the best I can and know how and still try and bring, you know, the particular skill set um, that you're talking about to that, that position. Um and it's the same, you know. I've got aspirations and goals to um, to obviously pull on the the yellow jersey later on in the year and and go on to win a World Cup. Um, and you know, it's sooner. You know, we've sort of mentioned it early on, like the Bledisloe. That's that's just something that you know we just <laughs> you know you want it real bad. Like it's got it's yeah. real bad, you, and you you have to be like that and feel like that for it to you know to, for you even to go close, but. You know, if I was a part of that and, and Eddie was to say, you know, you're at centre because he thought that was the best, like, I'm a goer. Like, let's roll. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know do all, but... Um, let's, let's not totally rule it out, mate. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I look, I prefer six. Um, yeah. I, I've always loved playing six. I, I don't mind packing it at eight either. Um, but I also know that some of the better games I've, I've played, I've been playing lock. Um, mm. So, look, it really, it really doesn't worry me. Um, I think it's it's more about you know the the mindset of how you're going to apply yourself in that position and and where you want to go. It's interesting that you talk about that, mate, because you and Jed Holloway have effectively ended up in the second row yeah. from a similar from a similar path. Yeah, Jed was a was an A to played a fair bit of six, but you're both actually now very, very effective locks. So does it help your, your your lock work, your second row work, to have played a fair bit of back row as well? Um, I probably I probably sort of say that the the playing lock helps your sits a bit better. I think Yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah. And, and Jed's probably, you know, I remember he had a year at number eight. Um and he just killed it. Like he was running off the back of the scrum and yeah. speed and, and, you know, ability to move through space and stuff. And if I get that a, a bit at number six, you're in looser channels and you find – but the, the tighter stuff's where the, the game's won. Um, and yes. you get that a bit more at lock. So, yeah, look, they're, they're similar in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Um, similar but different. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Similar you, you, but you took. <laughs> you talked about before about the the impact that you can have on on young kids in the crowd, young watching. The opposite side of that is probably what comes back your way and and, and criticisms thereof. And if there's been one constant through your 
career that you didn't pick. It's it's been social media and online commentary, and and I can't I can't claim that the raw is not part of that. Unfortunately, how do you deal with that now? Um, and and how have you become better at it over your career? Has got on. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because um, I think when you first you know get your professional contract, you've probably come out of playing a bit of good footy as a junior, so there's you know a bit of good chat, and then there's probably not a lot of chat um, unless you're Jorga and you score two tries on a debut, and <laughs> there's probably a little bit of a lull there where you you know you're mm. building your body and um, getting used to the the intensity of of what. Um, super footy was like and then you start playing a little bit more footy and you're younger and stronger and faster and you for me it was sort of went uh, debut 2016 17 and then played sort of 13 or so test the following that that year um so it was all it was all good you know like you're in and that's what happens like you, you go into form you come out of form and it's about what that lull bit of form looks like you go real bad or is it just a bit off what your best is and that's where you try and strive for consistency mm. but yeah look i i 2018 just went into a form slump and i um definitely wasn't prepared for the the scrutiny from um yeah like outsiders you yeah i remember thinking at the time <clears throat> i'm reading you know things when they were good and you you're feeling good but that's that's still reactionary like you're still letting comments and and people's suggestions um yeah. affect the way you're feeling and and, and although it doesn't feel like that at that time because you're feeling good about it when it turns um you are attached to it so you start feeling bad and yeah it's, it's, right it's really no good and you see it said not in just in rugby union like it's um nrl is probably one just recently that's had you know a fair bit of um you know blokes coming out to talk about it and i think mm. Look, it's it's uh, it's important that as players we we understand sometimes when blokes are going going through things and um, if it's an arm around approach or a or more of a uh, directive approach and how you can certain you know fix certain things and um, but yeah, I remember listening to Tom Brady and you know he's he's the goat like he you know he's yeah. just a bloke who's just constantly but there's there's been periods and there's been games where he's he's lost. And you just—he's just been absolutely sprayed um, throughout, you know, commentary and things. And you think he—he he said on a podcast he was like, you can't let people's um, opinions or voice determine how you feel because it's giving them control. You got to take all the control yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. And I just feel like once I kind of convinced myself that, um, you know don't read the good don't read the bad it's 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 neither here nor there and concentrated on um being a consistent footballer and, and just trying to be better um ended up you know having a bit of a mindset of of um just determined to get better and that 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 definitely helped me um but i i would say this it, it's it's there's no way that if an individual cops plenty of it over an extended period of time, um, it's not going to have some effect on them. It it, it just does yeah. because it's so prominent. Like you, you you can't really properly escape it. And 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 it, I just think it's it's just important for 
people to know that it's it, it can have a bit of a detrimental effect. Yeah, that's well a good, that, that's a that's a good message. And what I always thought from the outside of Australia is I thought it was so stupid. A lot of the some of the knocks on you about um, you know I guess power work. I think your work rate was so high. Always you know such an athlete. But I remember you scoring a try against the Stormers where you literally knocked over like four players. You remember that scoring in the corner? I think it was I think it was the game winner. Um, uh, and so like I yeah. just thought, yeah. I mean, that's try to do You're that. Having a good tile. <laughs> no, I, I can go back and find it, but no. I, I was, uh, yeah, game one, uh, old Allianz Stadium. I'm pretty sure it's the start of the 2018 season. Um, all come to the right. I think Bernard Foley passed it to Harry Johnson Holmes. Harry Johnson Holmes put a little bit of footwork on and, and flicked it on. <laughs> and, but you had a lot of work to do. You mowed over some guys, and Stormers were not an easy team to score against. Um, and so I just thought some of it's ill informed. I think sometimes it's very parochial too, to be honest. Uh, you know, the, 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 the in, inner Most Aussie, of the time. Most of the time it's parochial. Are brutal, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I remember, I reckon the worst, the worst um, bombing I've got on field um, was up at Suncorp Stadium. Uh, I had a yellow jersey on and I'm just absolutely getting fed by some fire. I remember thinking, <laughs> what are we on yeah. the same side tonight, brother? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Never. Uh, yeah. Oh, right. uh, look, no, it, it's also pretty important. This is like with anything. Um, if you can develop a close circle of people that you trust and you trust their opinion and you can trust what, um, you know, trust that they're going to to tell you when you know I should be doing something yeah. or why don't you try this and um, in life and also in footy, I think that it can go a long way as well because they're the they're the opinions that you really value. That's right, yeah, for sure. No, and, and I'm again, sure that your well, family back home in the farm probably keeps you grounded. Um, you know, there's no like, there's no no big errors when you go back to the farm. <laughs> yeah, no, I reckon my old man is he is the best bloke to talk to after a loss. Uh, a lot of the time, after losses, I'm not talking to anyone. Like it's just, yeah. um, like I hate losing, and yeah, he's just someone that I don't know. Somehow he just. Um, can just dampen the blow a little bit at times. Is, is he is, is he is he the first text message you look for after after a game? Uh, he doesn't text, so no. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a miracle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got a voicemail voicemail before kickoff, and he's going, "Get into it, man." He always says that. So, um, yeah. Oh, I, oh, I, yeah, that's fantastic. Sunday and often not about footy. Yeah. yeah, good. You got a couple dozen Wallaby caps. I'm like sneaking up on 30 now. I'm not sh- I was looking to see if you'd scored a try yet. I'm not sure you have a Wallaby try. If you do score a try, what would you prefer it to be? An inside James Slipper ball, a charge down, a Nick Frost intercept? What? <laughs> oh, that, that Nick Frost intercept. That was all yeah. time. He hit the burners and they went nowhere near him. Um, Oh, geez, I don't know. I'd like a, a run it out of your 22, just real good shape play all the way up the field, few good carries, and I just put it down about just, yes. just to the right end side. Oh, okay, <laughs> right. I, I thought for a minute that you were making it hard for yourself that you were going to run 78 metres. I that in you, mate. No, sorry. No, I've no, no, I reckon sorry. just sorry, a bit mate. of footwork. A Pete Samu try, that one that he scored on yeah. the – just mm. knocked the right foot out, and I think there's still a few 
bomb sucking mud over there on that on that field. <laughs> Planted get on there. The, that, was, that was about as good as you get. Get on the James Slipper line, mate. That's been productive this year. Hasn't it? He's got It's been great. Actually, it's been good. He got a double against us. I'm pretty sure he did. He did. He, he did. did. In about he 10 minutes. Back of the line out and then, yeah, run that sneaky little lazy line back on the inside <laughs> of the rock. He did. It's been yeah. productive. <laughs> you, you, you missed the um, you missed the April camp. You got got ruled out with injury. Have you have you had the conversation with with Eddie Jones? And where where does he sort of see it? Is he is he talking lock? Is he talking sort of hybrid six about you? Oh look, he's um, he's such a good communicator, Eddie. You know, he just gets on the phone, touches base, tells you what he what he needs, wants, um, hangs it up, and you just think it's that's <laughs> that's the you know like it, it's. I remember I had a call from the other day. It went for twelve seconds. I thought, "Geez, that's a good call. <laughs> you know." But that's, um, yeah, no. So he he he's going to definitely build a side, um, you know, around blokes wanting to work hard um, and and just climbing in, uh, based on attack and D. And I think, you know, you you look at the April camp and the fellas got picked, and um, they're the guys that are that are performing. So. Um yeah, I I I really don't know where he sees me to be honest. I am just trying to for the past couple of weeks just get back on the field and um run hard, carry hard. Sounds simple, but <laughs> well, it definitely was a bit hard against the Fijians. I tried to carry into a number nine and got smoked. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh yeah, still a bit of work to be doing, lads. We'll we'll find we'll find out in due course, mate. Look, it's been it's been fantastic to, to talk to you. It honestly, it honestly feels like we, we've just been speaking for for years and years and years, and it hasn't been the case at all. We've overcome some technical difficulties to to get here tonight, but it's been such a great chat before us, mate. Thanks so much for for giving us some time. No worries, fellas. That was a good yarn. I'm glad to talk a bit of shot with you. <laughs> Cheers, Ned. The roar. Harry, just fantastic to speak to Ned Hannigan. Just I oh, love that chat so much. I mean, <laughs> usually you probably you probably saw me on the camera leaning off to the to write something out. I've got so many potential <laughs> episode names here: Fer- Ferocious Squirt, Black Marcus Angus, Master Chef Tangents, Touch Footy at Recess. <laughs> all really good episode titles, and we picked the one that we picked, but they're all good valid. Boy. Good boy, good lad. Obviously, yeah. heart of gold. Uh, you know the, the kind of guy you want to hang out with. Probably yeah. fun to probably, probably fun to have it as a teammate. Oh, I have absolutely no doubt about that. Absolutely no doubt about that. Champions Cup, mate. Uh, it was. I would say it was the mother of all boilovers, but it was just a repeat of last year. La Rochelle took their time to withdraw to to withhold everything that Leinster could throw at them, and Leinster threw everything. What was it? Twenty one nil after seventeen minutes or something crazy. And they just were patient and they started firing shots and then they controlled the game and they won it. And the scenes in the port town is just, I just love it so much. It's so good. Yeah, the Stad Rochelle fans have to be the best fans in the world. They travel, they, um, La Rochelle fans, yeah. I think, were almost louder than Leinster fans by the end. And you could in, see the little pockets Dublin. of yellow, couldn't you? There yeah, at the Aviva. Yeah. It, was, it was so cool. So every time Leinster has stumbled at these final obstacles against the Bulls, against Saracens, against uh, La Rochelle twice now, the same theme has been that they don't carry enough. They're down to 60 or 70 carries, and they're supposed to be, you know, 150 or 200. And the style of play that both Ireland and Leinster depend on is this 
you know, this fractalized thing. We have pods coming at you from all directions and it's sustained. They don't break a lot of tackles. Their game line success is not that great, but they just keep repeating because their rocks yeah. stay clean. But if you don't build enough rocks in your Leinster, you dry up. And so that the start mm -hmm. was amazing. It looked like they were going to run away. But then at some point when, when the, they couldn't go through their gears and it just seemed like La, La Rochelle um if they had played another 30 minutes it would have it would have been even worse so yeah uh yeah you, you have to look at that leo cullen i was looking at that Stuart lancaster friend of the pod is gone now they're, they're, they're how do we get to the next level uh and i suppose the next level whether it's world cup ireland or leinster in these knockouts is physicality yeah. um how do you handle a big sustained pack drive against you the malls you know that kind of thing it's yeah. simple knockout rugby yeah, yeah, and that's and that's what it boiled down to, didn't it? It was just it was just simple knockout rugby, and La Rochelle just did it that little bit better for that little bit longer, and that ultimately was was what won them a second successive Champions Cup, and and best of luck to them now because they're in red hot contention to do the to do the French double as well. So yeah. we'll see how that plays out. Um, the United Rugby Championship, the Irk final this weekend uh stormers v munster in cape town um concerns about the pitch they've been sort of bashed bashed away a bit uh this will be interesting i i'm i'm not gonna be able to watch this and i'm a little bit just dis disappointed at that but that's due to a you know lack of broadcast ability in australia but uh by the time we speak next week i'll have picked up the replay i'm sure yeah, the pitch really is a nightmare. However, it's just like anything, whether it's wind or whatever, it's conditions are the same for both. Um, Munster's a smart team and they'll know how to play. It's a sandy yeah. pitch, actually. And it, the sand just kind of like, it, it's just one little tiny layer. Once it's gone, it's gone. Um, but yeah, you, you would think the Stormers have to be favored at home. Um, they, they seem to score a lot more points than Munster is able to score, and that's probably going to be the way the game goes. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see how it all plays out. The <clears throat> Premiership final is on this weekend as well. Saracen's playing Sale Sharks uh, at, at Twickenham. Um, that will be on Stan Sport for, for Australian uh, listeners. The Japan League One final was um, was run and won on the weekend. Bernard Foley led the Kubota Spears to a maiden title. I'm pretty sure it's their first Japan title over the Saitama Wild Knights. Um, Waratah Bernard Foley. Strafing the field Foley. like an RAF flight lieutenant. What, what? <laughs> I always think okay. Bernard Foley looks okay. like something from 1945. I don't know why. He's certainly got an RAF name. I'll give you that. <laughs> flight lieutenant Foley. Yeah. And look, you know, if all this talk about, if this discussion about more overseas picks for Eddie Jones in a World Cup squad, then Foley will absolutely come into contention. Whether he should be there or not is for. Uh, plenty of people to talk about and discuss and, and all that, and I've had my feelings on that. But he'll be in the frame. There's no, there's no question. No, about that. for sure. And that's that's a tougher question now. I think I, I think it's more difficult to find which one loses out now. Yeah. You, you, well, yeah. If it does go to five, I think it makes it pretty obvious who four of the five will be. The question exactly, is, but that's very difficult. Fifth right? one is really interesting. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Uh, Super Rugby um, round fourteen this weekend is going to be an interesting round, and it's got implications on finals wherever it is. Um, the Highlanders play the Reds on Friday night, so that's 
ninth the seventh i think currently the rebels play the force that's the rebels are now 11th but the force are eighth so there can be movement there the fijian drew host uh, moana pacifica in la lotoka i think it is um crusaders host the waratahs and there's already talk about the waratahs leaving whoever they need to rest on wallace wallaby policies they'll, they'll leave them at home the blues hurricanes is fourth against fifth mm. uh, at, at eden tasty. park which is that's gonna be tasty and the Brumbies Chiefs in Canberra on Saturday night is third v first. And so that's got definite top two implications as well. So there's a couple of cracking, cracking games coming this weekend. So don't miss them wherever you are. On the tipping front, mate, I now trail by three. Um, I had four on the weekend. You got one back, but you, the gap is back to seven. Can you catch me in two weeks? <laughs> It's impossible. I mean, you might just not turn your picks in and, you know, miss the deadline maybe. But then I get the away pick, the away teams, and this weekend that actually won't be too bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little bit of news in the last uh, the last seven days, and there has been so much of it, so I'm not going to get through everything um, except to say that Springboks and Leicester Tigers, number eight, Jasper Visa was named the Rugby Players Association Players Player of the Year after another strong Premiership season. In the Premiership final this weekend, both Saracens and and Sale will wear their away kits to avoid kit clashes that then limit the viewing experience for um, for supporters with colour vision issues, which will be the first time that that policy has come into place. Uh, Brad Brad Weber, um, 18 test all-back halfback co-captain of the Chiefs, um, confirmed on Friday that he'll be leaving New Zealand, heading overseas after the World Cup. Um, Lequip in France reported back in January that he was heading to Stade Francais, although the statement last week said that at the request of the Chiefs, he wasn't going to reveal his mm. his destination. So make of that what you will. Alan Wynne-Jones and Justin Tuprick stunned the rugby world late last week, announcing their immediate international retirement. So they're not going to another World Cup. Uh, Jones was eyeing off a fifth World Cup, which would have been quite incredible. Uh, Aaron Major over the weekend, on Sunday night, in fact, resigned as Moana Pacifica head coach. Um, so, friend of the pod, we certainly wish him all the best. In- such a, yeah, such a good man, but that that's that's they're really struggling. They're probably yeah, do something. Yeah, they, are, they certainly needed to be to be changed there. And a last thing, my late breaking news before we hit record um, on this 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 week's um, this week's episode is that. Uh, Christy Doran, our rugby editor on the Raw, in fact, uh, reporting that Lucan Salakai Loto is on his way back to Australia, uh, having signed a, a deal to cut to play for the Melbourne Rebels next year. It automatically puts him in the uh, in the Wallaby frame for this season with the the, the Wallabies overseas policy, uh, but it comes at the cost of Matt Phillip and Trevor Hosea heading overseas after the World Cup. So swings and roundabouts there, but all of a sudden, lock six is a really, really hot contest, hotly contested position for uh, for Wallabies players this year. But mate, I think that is us done for episode sixty three of the Raw Rugby Podcast, a ripping episode it's been with Ned Hannigan. Don't forget, Harry and I are both on the socials, and you can catch my co-host prolific tweeting at Harry Baldy Jones. Uh, don't forget to leave us a rating or review as well if your pod platform allows it and thanks to everyone who's done that again 
in recent weeks. And do please like, follow, subscribe uh, on your pod platform of choice and make sure that every new episode goes into your notifications once it goes live. It's the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay, and Harry Jones every week on the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. Home of all your favourite rugby analysis, opinions, and conversations. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in your ears next week. Come play with us.